Hello, welcome to Journeys in Grace. My name is Pastor Eric Hubbard. I want to thank you for being with us today. I'm going to give you a couple of options for, to reach out and to contact us. Uh, first, by mail at Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia, 30061. Again, you can contact us at Pastor Eric at Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia, 30061. Or you may email us at Pastor Eric 523 at gmail.com. Again, at, at uh, Pastor Eric 523 at gmail.com. Today, we're going to start uh, a new series. And this series is going to be on the lessons of Joseph. And um, I've titled it Grace for Living, Joseph's Life Lessons. So as we studied this um, pillar of the Old Testament, we're going to see the favor of God, the, uh, the word of God being prophesied, uh, the fulfillment of that, and the continuation of the promise that God gave to Abraham. But most of all, I think we should be able to see grace. For grace was preached to Abraham and was spoken to Abraham over Abraham by God. The Bible says that Abraham was justified by faith. And that faith was what he believed in the words that God spoke, spoke to him. And because of Abraham's faith, God justified him. And when we say justified, it means it means that God did not hold his sins against him. It did not mean that Abraham was perfect. It didn't mean that he did not err. For as you study the Old Testament, and I know in no wise means to slander Abraham, but we see many of the um, missteps, errors, even sins themselves that the law said. Uh, later on in the book of Leviticus and Deuteronomy, we can see what uh, Abraham, if he lived under the law, that he did things that were contrary to the law. But we now, but we know during the time of Abraham, there was no law. So what I'm saying unto you, that Abraham lived under, a, under, under grace because Abraham lived by faith. And that is the same place that we as believers today, although the, the Bible says the law was good. And if you know anything about the Bible, God gave us the Ten Commandments and all of the uh, 602 or three um, laws that go along with that. But God gave Moses the law and Israel was was commanded to keep those law. And they had to keep all of the 10 plus the other 602 so that they would be righteous before God. But here in the time of Abraham, God uh, uh, gave Abraham a promise. And let's read that promise that he gave Abraham in the book of Genesis, uh, chapter number 12. This is chapter 12 of Genesis. I'm going to read briefly um, chapters, uh, verses 1, 2, 3, and 4. It says, The Lord said to Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, from thy kindred, from your father's house, unto a land I'll show you. He said, I'll make you, verse 2, a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and I will be a blessing. And then he goes on to say in the third verse, I will bless them that bless you, curse them that curse you, and in you. In these shall all families of the earth be blessed. But that fourth verse is really where we see faith taking part. Abraham heard a word. So now in the first, first fourth verse of the 12th chapter, it says, Abram, and his name is now, Abraham departed as the Lord spoke to him. He, he took his, uh, and Lot was with him. And Abram was 70, 70 and five years old when he departed out of Haran. And see, Abraham, again, is living under uh, the grace that he knew. And that grace was 
as God gave him commandments, as God gave him instructions, Abraham grabbed hold of it by faith, trusted God. And that's what the Bible said. Abraham believed God. He believed in this God that spoke to him and he trusted him. And so when God said, leave Haran, Abraham gathered the people that were with him and he departed. And so as we go on and read the scriptures, bear this in mind that we all are. If you are a New Testament believer and you believe in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, you too are a seed of Abraham. No, we may not be uh, uh, of the blood, have the Jewish blood in us, but we do have the Lord Jesus Christ who died for us, gave himself for us. And he became the sacrifice and he became the connection between us and God. Uh, you can say it like this. Jesus being the son of God deserved all that the world and the earth had to offer. But he laid down all of his power and his glory and he lowered himself to live as a man so that we could be redeemed from, from, a, uh, from the sins of Adam. So here we are now. And in Galatians third chapter and the 29th verse, it says, for if you be Christ, meaning we believe that Jesus Christ lived, died, and rose again. We believed that he died for us. And because we have faith in him, this is in Romans 10th chapter, because we believe in him, we are saved. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Then it goes on to say, if you be Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So everybody in our day, in this time, after the death of Christ, whether you're a Jew or, or a Greek, if you believe in Jesus Christ, you are an heir to the promises that God gave to Abraham in Genesis 12. Well, you said, brother, how does this connect to um, how does this connect to Joseph? Joseph was the great grandson of Abraham. Joseph, uh, Abraham's son was Isaac. Isaac's son was uh, Jacob and Jacob was uh, Joseph's father. And in their day, the, the tradition said that the oldest son inherited the main part of the inheritance. But as you, if you've read uh, the Bible, you know that uh, Isaac received, he was the only, he was uh, the son of Abraham and, and Sarah. Although he was the firstborn of Sarah, he was uh, Abraham's second son because Ishmael was the first son. But the promise was gave to Isaac. Then Isaac marries Rachel. Rachel has two sons, Esau and Jacob. By tradition, the blessing should have gone to Esau. However, uh, Esau did not inherit the promise. Jacob did. And Jacob became inherited the promises. And all the promises of God fell upon Jacob and his family and his seed. And we know about how that Jacob uh, was espoused to marry Rachel. But his, his, uh, his father-in-law worked the okie-doke on him. Instead of him on his, when he went into, uh, they got him and they, during the marriage celebration, he was, Jacob went in and instead of him going into uh, Rachel, Leah was there. And so Jacob, because he loved uh, Rachel, he worked an additional seven, seven years for her. And Rachel was the favored bride. Although Leah was a faithful wife to Jacob, Jacob favored Rachel. And so we see and I'm giving you some history because this is important that Jacob had children by um, by uh, Leah and her maid and by the maid of uh, Rachel. 
And then Rachel had two sons. So Jacob had 12 sons in all. Joseph was the 11th son of Jacob, but the first son of Rachel. And so Joseph now is the favorite. And here he is. Um, uh, we see him here in the 37th chapter of, of, uh, of, of Genesis. But before we get there, I want to read you a prophecy that God gave to, uh, gave to Jacob in, in uh, Genesis 15 chapter. I'm going to read it in Genesis 15 and verses uh, 12. God began to give Abraham all the things that he was going to bless him with. And God was establishing covenant with Jacob. I'm sorry, with Abram. And as he began to talk to him in Genesis uh, 15, 12, God says to Abram, we see, we, we see a picture of God telling Abraham, said, uh, Abram rather, he said, I want you to kill. I want you to create this sacrifice. I want you to guard the sacrifice. He says, I'm going to come and visit you. Well, the Bible says that uh, in the 12th verse, the sun went down and a deep sleep fell upon Abram. And lo, a horror of darkness fell upon him. And it said, God told Abraham, he said, now of a surety, no, rather of a surety, that your seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs and shall serve them. And they shall afflict them for what? For 400 years. And also that nation whom you shall serve will I judge. And after they shall come out with great substance. And see, although we are three Three generations from Joseph. It's important that you. There's a reason why, you know, that 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 uh, we're going to see some things that happen in the lives of Joseph. Maybe uh, I don't. I can't tell you. I don't believe God calls his brothers to turn against him. But we know we serve an all-knowing God, and God prepared Joseph for a time to when he will be all by himself. He had his great grandfather, uh, his great grandfather Abraham. He had his grandfather, Isaac. He had his father, Jacob. And in their day, the word was passed. The, uh, the, the words that God had given them were passed by word of mouth. Abraham told Isaac who he was and the covenant that God had established. And, I, and Isaac was a part of that covenant because we know that Isaac was put upon the altar to be sacrificed. But God told him, said, no. He spoke to Abraham. An angel spoke out and said, no, do not slay your son. There's a ram over here in the bush. And we know that ram was, was killed in place of Isaac. But that was symbolic of what God did for us through his son. God did not, uh, he did not uh, uh, get a substitute for Jesus. Jesus died for us as the sacrificial son, as a sacrificial lamb. And as the Bible says in Revelation 13, he was slain from the very foundation of the world. So in the same way, that Abraham was willing to give up Isaac, God did give up Jesus. So all of these dots we need to connect. And as we see, as Isaac lived and as Isaac heard the words of his father and heard the faithfulness, how God uh, blessed Abram, how God blessed Abraham, how he multiplied him with servants and land and silver and gold, and all these things came to Abraham. These same things fell upon his son Isaac. We see that the Bible says that there came a time when, when Isaac had his substance was so great that the kings of the of the uh, land came and said, look, you have too much. You need to, they, they told him, you got to go, you got to move out. 
because you your 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 you and your servants and all that you have you are you were overwhelming you are dominating this area and we need you to move up, move away so Isaac did okay and so as we read on Isaac married Rachel and Rachel had Jacob and Esau and we know the story how did uh, Esau despised his birthright Jacob becomes the uh, Jacob becomes the owner uh, or the inheritor of that birthright and how that Jacob deceived his father and go on later on in the story Jacob marries Rachel Rachel uh, is, has uh, Joseph and here we are in the 37th chapter so here we are Joseph loving uh, uh, I'm sorry Jacob loving Joseph knowing that he's the firstborn of Rachel and not only could did uh, Joseph know that his father loved him but the sons knew the sons knew that that uh, that Joseph was favored above them all and they they got an attitude and they began to hate him because they could see that favor of their father on their younger brother and they did not have that same love coming to them so now we're going to get to the meat of the story of the meat of the of uh, this lesson here and let's go now we're going to go to uh, 37 Genesis 37 and verse number 3 now it says now Isaac loved Joseph more than all of his children because he was the son of his old age and he made him a coat of many colors and that fourth verse says how that the brethren saw their father love him more than all his brethren and they what they hated him but I want to tell you even though you can hate on a on a uh, on a person when there's favor upon them and that's what God had put upon Joseph the favor of God was upon Joseph and not only that Joseph was a dreamer and Joseph had heard the word just like the other brethren I don't know why it didn't stick to them like it did Joseph but Joseph heard the words that his father Abraham had told his father Isaac had told his father Jacob and now Jacob who had his uh, uh, favorite son around him. And we're going to read more about this as we move forward. And Joseph dreamed a dream and told his brethren, and it said they hated him the more. And this is the dream he dreamed in the seventh verse. He says, I was binding sheep in the field, and lo, my sheaves arose. And they also stood up straight. And behold, your sheaves stood up round about them, and they made obsessions to my sheaves. In other words, they bowed to them. And the brothers said, shall you indeed rise over us? Shall you indeed have a dominion over us? And they said, and they hated him the more. But you know what? Joseph had another dream. And he said, behold, I had a dream. He said, I dreamed more. He said, behold, the sun and the moon and the 11 stars made obsessions unto me. And he told it to his fathers and his brother. And his father said, wait a minute. Are you saying that me and your mother and your brethren shall bow down to you? And it says his brothers envied him the more, but his father observed the saying. Now, something we need to get out of this, as, as believers even today, we should take out of this. God gave those dreams to Joseph. You have to be careful about who you share your dreams with. I believe it was important for him to share it with his father. But in my opinion, he should not have given it to his brothers. I don't know how Joseph was going to get down to Egypt. I don't know how that he would have gotten to Potiphar's house. But I'll tell you, as a believer today, you have to be careful who you share what God gives you. 
because you, our dreams and our uh, what God has given us are a seed. And those seeds are just like uh, a mother carrying a child. You know, and if that mother doesn't nourish the child, if she doesn't eat right, if she doesn't uh, 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 have eat right so she can ward off any infections or anything that would make her body weak, and not only it would affect the body, but it affect the baby. It's the same with us. If you share your dream and vision with those who have who uh, have envy and strife in their heart, they can they can uh, cause your baby to be aborted. Some will tell you, you know, how, how you know that God talking to you? How you know that? Uh, uh, how how do you know that what you dream? No, you just dreaming something. And our day they will say, oh, you just ate something bad. That's why you had this dream or that vision that you have. That was not God. But see, this was God speaking to Joseph. And we're going to see that as we move forward. So my point being, be careful who you share what God has shared with you. Yes, there will be a time that all will see. If it's from God and you and you give the seed time to grow, the Bible calls it uh, the process of seed, time, and harvest, meaning you have to plant the seed. The seed has to go into the ground and germinate. The seed has to get root. Then that seed comes up out of the ground and then begin to grow and to bear fruit and then bear harvest. And this is what is going, this is what we're going to see is going to happen in the life of Joseph. But Joseph is the favorite son. He's a son that sticks close to his father. And oh, what a picture is that, that a son would stick with his father and hear and, and be loved. And if we see God is not like Jacob. God can love all and can and all and loves us all. The Bible says in uh, John 3, 16, he said, God so loved the world. He loves us all individually. I believe Psalms 139 says, uh, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. God knows all of our members. He knows the very hairs of your head. They are numbered in him. He, your very ID, which is your DNA, is, is, is particular to you. There will never be another person on this earth that will bear your DNA, your fingerprints, your eye color, and all of these things that make you up to be an individual. We don't have to. You don't have to copy anyone. You don't have to uh, 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 mimic anyone. You just be who God has called you to be, and you will fulfill what God has called you to do if you are living it and, uh, and, and letting the grace of God cover you. And if you are covered by the blood and walking in the favor that God will put on your life, walking as a saying that goes on, stay in your lane, whatever lane that God has placed you in, learn of it, but let God perfect you, walk through, walk in it in humility, and you will find yourself in, in the fullness of time. You will find yourself in the right place at the right time, and God will you will flourish in the plan of God. One touch of God's favor is worth a lifetime of labor. You can work and work and work of your own uh, uh, will and of your own uh, 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 volition and all your force. You can put at whatever job or your uh, your uh, your career or your um, whatever your gift it may be. You can apply yourself, and you should. You should. We should get all the training, all of the knowledge that we could ever get. But if you ever combine that with the favor of God and which comes with his anointing, you can do more with one touch of God's favor than it will take you a lifetime of labor. So let's move on. 
Uh, Joseph had his second person, second dream, told these to his father. And now they see that there's something about this boy. There's something about it. But we also see there's envy and jealousy from his brethren. And the Bible says again, where there's envy and, and strife is, there's confusion in every evil word. Those are the things that we have to uh, build that barrier of love and humility, knowing within ourselves, okay, if God calls you, he's going to prepare you, he's going to qualify you, and then he's going to, then, and then uh, in the fullness of time, you will come to that place that God will place you among kings. He'll put you in a place that you never thought that you'd ever be. I heard one man of God say not too long ago, many of the times, the place that God will take you, you will serve it. So in other words, if you're serving the pastor, if you're serving uh, uh, leaders of any sort, it didn't necessarily have to be in religion. You know, you could be serving, uh, you could be a driver for a president, a driver for a vice president, or, you know, you may be an administrator for uh, uh, this leader or that leader. God will prepare you. But he says, the scripture says, if you're not willing to be faithful in the things of another, neither will God give you that of your own. Meaning, if you're not willing to serve a pastor, if you're not willing to serve and work for another business owner, you're not willing to serve for someone else, uh, help them to be elected. How can you expect God to put you in that place and you are not being willing or you're not being humble to serve someone else? That's a revelation. If you're not willing to serve another, how do you expect God to have people to serve you? Let's move on. Now we go down. We keep going down this same 37th verse. It says that uh, there came a time when, when Isaac wanted Joseph to go out and, and, and see about his brothers. in the 13th verse. It says, and, and uh, uh, Jacob said, now Jacob's name has been changed to Israel. So you see Israel in the, in the, uh, in the scripture. There came a time when God changed Jacob's name from Jacob to Israel because Jacob means uh, uh, supplanter or uh, some place it means uh, it means um, a, not a slanderer, but uh, uh, some people would call it a trickster. That's what Jacob means. But Israel, God made Israel. He changed his name from Jacob to Israel. And now Israel says to Joseph, he says, doesn't your brother feed the flock over in, in Shechem? He said, I'm sending you to them. And and uh, Joseph says, he said to him, here I here am I. But as they begin to move forward, and down in that uh, 18th verse, the brothers are waiting on Joseph. They're, they're out doing the things that they should be doing. And 18th verse, it said, they see him afar off, even before he came to them, and they conspired against him to slay him. Let's skip on down to the 23rd verse. And it says, and it came to pass, when Joseph was come to his brethren, what did they do? They stripped him of his coat, his coat of many colors that was on him. See, sometimes life will come on you. You know, life will hit you. You know, we all will have, the Bible said, the righteous fall seven times. There'll be things, you know, come to you unbeknownst. It could be sickness. It could be uh, uh, financial issues. It could be relationship issues. It could be uh, things on the job, things in the family. You know, all these things can come against you. And, and, and the enemy thinks, oh, if I just uh, break, if I just, I'm, he's seeking to break your will or your faith. He's seeking to uh, weaken us so that we do not look to God. But when you have the favor of God on you, it don't matter if you got that coat on. See, this is what the enemy will make you want to think. Say, oh, they took my coat. 
They took my job. They took my position. They took my title. You know, they took my church. You know, uh, uh, I've lost, you know, uh, my, my, my marriage is destroyed. How am I going to ever get to where I need to be? But when you have the favor of God upon us, and that favor is Jesus Christ. Jesus is that favor now. Jesus is the grace that was preached to uh, Abraham. No, Jesus didn't come in the flesh for Abraham, but the faith that Abraham, it was declared him righteous. Our faith in Jesus Christ, it was declared us righteous. We have the grace of God because we believe in him. And this is what shall, this is what will and what shall sustain Joseph is the fact that he believed that he was a seed because he was of the seed of Abraham. Wherever they were going to take him, he did, he would not fit in. In other words, Joseph was not going to fit in failure. Joseph was not going to fit in a dungeon. Joseph was not going to fit in defeat. He could not live there because defeat was not his destiny. So as we move on, it says in, from the 23rd verse, they go to verse 28. Then it says that uh, they, they've taken, they stripped Joseph of his coat of many colors, and they took him, the 24th verse says, and cast him into a pit. He says, and the pit was empty and there was no water in it. You know, now many of us will say, man, how could that be favor? If that pit had water in it, you can only, if Joseph could swim, you can only tread water for so long. But this pit was empty of water. And Joseph landed on the bottom. Now he's at the bottom of the pit. And now, uh, if you read more of this story, you can see how that Joseph called out to them. But they gave a deaf ear. And the 28th verse, it says, then there passed by millionites merchants and they drew Joseph out of the pit and sold him for 20 pieces of silver. And they brought up Joseph unto, into Egypt. Now, you just think about, again, Joseph is um, uh, an example of Jesus Christ as, as uh, Isaac was and his father offered him up for a sacrifice. Here is Joseph. Just like Jesus was sold for 30 pieces of silver, the same Joseph was sold for 20. Joseph was hated of his own brethren. The Bible said for Jesus, he came unto his own and his own received him not. So as we go on now, we're getting to wrap up today. And I want you to see Christ and see Jesus in all of these situations and see the grace of God. This is what Jesus said in Hebrews. He said, uh, the, in this book, which is the Bible, it, the volume of the book was written of me. He said, the volume, he said, from Genesis to Revelation, this book, all of it prophesied and talked of his time, of his coming, of his rule, as him being the son of God and God of the entire earth and him being the substitute for us. Well, we received what he deserved and he took on what we deserved. We took his favor. He took our sin. So now we go on and we see in that 28th verse, it says again that the Midianites came. What did they do? They drew up Joseph out of the pit and they sold him. Can you imagine so much envy and hatred and jealousy that you will sell your own brother for 20 pieces of silver? And so we go on now to the end of this, to the end of this chapter and the end of this teaching today. And it says when the Midianites got to Egypt, they sold Joseph unto Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, and a captain of the of the agar. Now, again, if you just stop right here and you own this is the only thing you knew about Joseph and you didn't know the rest of this story, 
you will say, now, wait a minute. You said this boy had the favor of God on his life, that he was the favorite son of uh, uh, Israel. Jacob now being named Israel. How could God be in this? Where is God? And many times, many of us say this, when we get into things, when, 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 when life falls upon us, you know, and we feel like, oh, you know, but I want to tell you, you are just beginning to fight. If you're a new believer, I'm not trying to frighten you. We always win, always. But things will happen. People will betray you. The very one that you help, may, many times may be the one that turns their back against you. But when you are in Christ, we win. Whether in this life or the next, we win. The scripture says, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And as we study more uh, about the life of Jacob, about the life of Joseph, rather, we'll see the blessings of God upon this young man's life. Now, if you just looked at it from afar, you said, this is nothing but a loser. One day, he was the favorite son of his father with all of the blessing that the favorite son would have, looking like he's going to take over the company, looking like he's going to take over the church, looking like he could be the next vice president. And next thing we know, he in the bottom of a hole, valued at 20 pieces of silver. But great is our God. The Bible says, he who has begun a good work in us shall finish it unto the day of Jesus Christ. I pray this word of God has a, uh, been a blessing to you today. I pray if you're not saved, that you get saved and let Jesus become the Lord of your life. Father, thank you for this word today. Thank you, Lord. And I pray that all who have heard it will receive it by faith and the glorious blessing of Jesus Christ will come into their life. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.